We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing professional gaming influencers. Just a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of this information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Robert Ginger Pop Brecky. Ginger Pop is a professional Fortnite player for Rogue. Rogue was an organization formed by EDM producer Steve Aoki. In addition, Ginger Pop is a Twitch streamer and a former professional Overwatch player, including competing as part of Simplicity Esports Overwatch Contenders team. Ginger Pop, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for having me. Glad we got you. I, I love the Rogue hat and, you know. Yeah, got you. I got a Lupo shirt on, but, you know. Well, you'll have to stand, stand up, up at the end and do a shout. No, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so to briefly introduce the topic, we're now exploring gaming influencers and professional gamers. So, pro gamers, those are the individuals that compete professionally against other teams for prize money. You know, then you have kind of professional streamers who really, their job is to stream consistently, like a regular schedule, like a 9 to 5, a 10 to yep. 10, whether it's on Twitch, Mixer, Caffeine, YouTube, or even Facebook. Um, these individuals make money in a variety of ways. You know, if they're signed to an organization, they may get a salary, a couple thousand to whatever it is a month or longer. If they're competing in any tournaments, they probably get a, a bulk of that winnings. Also, potential sponsorship and brand partners, both team-wide as well as individual. 
gaming specific merchandise you know a bunch of pretty big streamers have their own merch that you can buy and then kind of the actual revenue from streaming you know the ads that are played tips bits subscriptions donations all the money that you aired on youtube videos and you know there are streamers that are making substantial amount of money six figures plus just from that stuff alone yep so now we know a bit more about kind of what's going on. Ginger Pop, tell us about your previous esports experience. Yeah, so I started in Overwatch. Um, just I was playing games for fun, man. I, I came from playing college soccer and just started playing Overwatch for fun because that's what my older brother's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into that, got on a team, went from there, man. So Overwatch, um, got on a team, didn't go anywhere, got on another team, you know, blah, 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 free agency, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I got to the point where I was playing on an incredible team. We got the top 10 in the world um, just before I stopped playing. And I mean, it was a great experience in Overwatch. Then I moved on from Overwatch to a couple other games, nothing too crazy. I played in a Paladins tournament. Um, huh. I did pretty well in Paladins and then moved on to Fortnite. Fortnite's where I started getting a, a good amount of recognition. There's a lot more eyes in Fortnite and got on Rogue and started playing a bunch of tournaments there pretty much it been streaming ever since made some youtube content not really that much but um did a lot of streaming of for- in fortnite and that's sort of what i've been up. so how'd you get into professional gaming yeah so i, I kind of got lucky i don't know i've always been competitive right i played soccer um so i played on a team for fun man me and my brother we were, we were good um using like the the leaderboard rankings you know you can tell if you're good or not mm-hmm. and so we were the top like two percent Three percent. It wasn't anything like too crazy at the time. We were like, "Yo, let's just join this tournament that I saw," and we we did it. We did well, and we just we had a lot of fun. So we kept going from there and um, got on one team to another. Kept playing in tournaments and realized I was doing pretty good for myself, winning all these um, weekly tournaments. That was actually a really big thing. People in Fortnite would never understand. But we played weekly tournaments for like fifty dollars uh, back in Overwatch. <laughs> Hey, $50 and, um, a week, that's 200 a month, like, you do that twice you do, a week, you're starting to make money. Yeah, okay, but you say $50 and divided by the six players on the team. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought it was $50 a man, I didn't no, know you each got 12 no. bucks. <laughs> it, was more, it was more for the recognition, more for, like, doing well, that sort of thing, um, to try to get on org and grow and go from there. Um, but, like, these weeklies, we were playing against even people on orgs. There's a lot of games where it's just CLG and selfless and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really when I knew something was happening. It was when I was doing really well in tournaments, really good in the leaderboards, and I, I, I knew what I could uh, accomplish in video games. So tell us a little bit more about <laughs> what you've been doing in Rogue. What are some of the recent competitions you've played in? Yeah, so I did a lot of different games with Rogue because I was able to do Twitch Rivals, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but really with Rogue, it's pretty much all been Fortnite. I did Friday four nights with Dr. Lupo. I did summer winter skirmishes. Then I moved on to coaching um, in Fortnite. And then I did junior road coaching, that sort of thing. But I played in Apex Legends, Switch Rivals, Splitgate, Switch Rivals, that sort of thing with uh, Rogue. Right now I'm in actually some sort of transition period, I guess I would call it, where I'm moving on from being just a player to um, working on what I can do more for the organization, such as like uh, the coaching and that sort of branching off. So what was Twitch Rivals like? Twitch Rivals is awesome. Um, being a part of a Twitch-hosted tournament is amazing. Um, having a bunch of different eyes on you. Um, because normally if you're in Fortnite, you just have these competitive players watching you. Or if it's a really big tournament, a lot of people watching you. But Twitch Rivals is more of like a, a joint community through mm-hmm. Twitch. And um, the commentators, casters, all that's always so much fun. 
and playing in different games, it's amazing. So Twitch Rivals, Apex Legends, I got to play with my former Overwatch teammates, um, which was like a year and a half after we saw I stopped playing with them. Um, which, and that's just amazing. Whenever you can reunite with some of your old teammates that I, I loved to death. I loved XQC and I loved Pizza. I loved all the teammates that I had, but those are the two I played with in Apex Legends. And we actually got third nice. when Pizza didn't even play the game at all. Uh, XQC is a variety streamer. And we got third. It was amazing. And then um, Splitgate, we also got third in that. But Splitgate was a, a unique game. And to say the least, we kind of got screwed out of a little bit of uh, money in Splitgate. It's just because uh, there was like DCs. Um, the tournament was like slowing down too much. They didn't really have anything to do um, with what happened, but basically the the schedule slowed down too much, and we had DCs in our game where they were like, "You just gotta." Play. I'm sorry, hmm. and we we almost won three v four in Splitgate, so that's how upset we might have been <laughs> that that we had a DC and we couldn't win when we were almost winning three v four. But I mean, it's amazing playing in Twitch Rivals. Every time they put a lot of uh, a lot of uh, advertisement and a lot of money. <laughs> and a lot of money into a travel, so you always get some sort of payout, which is awesome. Which is awesome, right? It's like you get to yeah. have play with your old teammates, play a game that's fun, and everyone's yeah. playing and get paid. It, it <clears throat> pretty much shows why you got a smile on your face. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, dude, the Apex Legends one, getting getting uh, or being able to play with XQC and Pizza again was absolutely amazing. I mean, I lo- I loved the the Overwatch team when I left. I loved every single one of them, death, and we keep I keep in touch with all of them. So, uh, being able to like compete with them again—not just play, but be able to compete—was uh, truly amazing. So, do you have anything big coming up in the future? What any big tournaments or anything? Mm, right now, like I said, I'm in more of a transition phase. Uh, tournaments aren't on my mind right now. I'm not. I'm trying to get away from just being a player. Okay. Um. So yeah, ter- tournaments no, but big things to come, absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's good. We're excited to hear about that. So we'll talk a little bit more about the transition from, you know, being on an Overwatch mm-hmm. contenders in this franchise league versus mm-hmm. Fortnite, which is, you know, non-franchise. And it's kind of just like the developer organizes these mega tournaments yeah. as they see fit. Mm-hmm. Being a part of contenders was um, it was fun. But what happened with me was really unfortunate. Um, we got stuck in some sort of weird public thing with uh optic that went down where they had four teams basically in contenders and blizzard wasn't having it at all so we went from being the huge Nowlaws academy team um in two weeks from moving to texas and working in a facility with another team to just be the best two contenders teams there is basically because we'd just be working together constantly nonstop and improving with each other um to basically um, have basically being thrown to the side. I mean, we had no options at this point. Um, when Blizzard found out what all was happening, they were very upset. It was it was kind of breaking the system. It was supposed to be happening. So we luckily got on Simplicity. I can't thank Simplicity enough for, for bringing us on. They're obviously inter- interested in Overwatch as um, they competed more, but Simplicity brought us in, and we were able to compete in, in Contenders, which was, I mean... A blessing because like i said if we were just thrown to the side no one picked us up we probably wouldn't have even gotten to play so um it was unfortunate when i was there now keeping up with contenders and seeing what's going on it's it, it got way better it was just like a fluke what happened it got unfortunate when i was there but um being in this franchise in franchise leagues is is very nice as a player you get minimum salaries you get basically the league tells tells your organization that you're playing for 
that you have to do this for a player like basically you have you can't screw up any of your players or they will get fined even more money so it doesn't make any sense <laughs> so being a part of the league is it's i mean it's job security for an esports player and you rarely get that as an esports player so okay well it, it's nice i just got unfortunate well yeah i mean you re- you hear from someone who's kind of been in both been with some major orgs it's like yeah like it's nice as someone who's really working at this who maybe isn't super duper star where you're making millions of dollars mm-hmm. to like yeah like this is like a career like we'll call you like a journeyman at this point you know like you've been with a bunch of different orgs a bunch of different games yep. and you know really now you become a pretty big streamer so, you know, how do you kind of decide what games to stream? Like, did you just join on Fortnite because that's what everyone was doing? Or, you know, how do you decide? So when you decide to stream, it's got to be for the fun of it. Um, you can't have these aspirations of being the biggest streamer and going from there. It takes so much time and effort to grow your stream and grow your community. When I started streaming Fortnite, uh, no one knew what the game was. It, it literally just came out when I started streaming it, um, because like I said, I stopped playing Overwatch. And I was just looking for games basically to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I got super lucky that I found Fortnite where, where it was. Um, I exceeded in the game because I mean, it's just easier than Overwatch. <laughs> I came from Overwatch. Um, so I did, I did really well for myself there. I got a lot of clips out. Uh, and when you start getting clips and you sort of start functioning in this business system almost of, getting your clips, getting it on Reddit, getting it on YouTube, getting it everywhere you can, that's when you start growing. And when I got these clips over and over and over again, I was able to grow my stream. In 2018, when I was streaming, I would say I streamed 300 days out of 365. Uh, I was averaging 300 viewers, which is amazing for me. Uh, I was, I'm was i so happy with how that went down, and that was all Fortnite. Um, when I was in Overwatch streaming, even though I was a professional player, I would still maybe get... 20 30 viewers and that's gonna that's how it's gonna be when you decide what game you're gonna stream and how you're gonna do it you have to brand yourself and grow yourself and it's just gonna it's just that's a snowball effect basically you it starts very slow and as you progress it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it should just it should grow to a point where you're happy um but like i said when you start streaming man it's a grind for sure it's hard to it's hard for me to always tell people that like if you put enough hours in this will happen because it, it, there's a lot of luck as well. The the 2018 run I had was, I mean, lucky. Like I said, I, I met Lupo. We got the duo kill record, held it for three months, and look at Lupo now. Un- unbelievable guy, and it, his influencer numbers have just skyrocketed ever since. And I mean, I like I said, just get putting yourself out there as much as you can in order to get lucky. It's basically kind of how you have to think about it when you stream okay so it, you know it seems like you find something you like and then you really kind of get at it consistently and then as they say yeah. you gotta have a lucky break here and then you know the ball yeah. has to roll your way you have to link yeah. up with the right person and you know that kind of leads to our next you know question as you mentioned you linked up with dr lupo and you even got to play with ninja and tim Tat- tatman and some of these mm-hmm. other well-known top earning guys so how did it all go down and what was that like um, so, yeah, I got to play with a ton of people, man. Marshmallow, Deadmau, Dylan Francis. I mean, there's just All an incredible list of people. Yeah, people I've played with. Um, Steve Aoki with Rogue. Used my equipment. We play. I've played with Steve Aoki. Okay, so like, he's involved in stuff. That was like another question. Like, he's involved yeah. in the gaming. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, being able to play with these influencers is scary. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, 
when you jump on board and you're like, I mean, you're competitive, you're a competitive player. You understand people are going to be watching you, but when it jumps from the numbers jump from like 200 to like 70,000, because you're playing with all these guys. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, especially when you're the last guy alive or some, some sort of situation. You're the ringer. Like, Like, let's be real. You're the ringer in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, as nerve wracking as it can be, that's why it's so much fun, man. I mean, it's such a blast. Tim, funniest guy on earth, ninja, unbelievable player, Doc Lubo, funniest guy on earth, most genuine guy I've ever met. You know, it's just these characters are so big in the influencer scene because of who they are, and that's what makes it so much fun. So being able to play with these guys was, I mean, a blessing. Unbelievable, like, times that I had in Fortnite, and I'll never forget those times. They're even on my YouTube, so I can always remember them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it. I always say, like, the turning point of what I was doing was, like, when Drake and Ninja linked up and, like, my mom and my grandma and everyone was like, oh, what's yep. Drake? Ninja? Like, what is this Fortnite thing? It's like, oh, yep. that's what I've been telling you about for the last three years now. <laughs> like, like yeah. it was like Overwatch and League of Legends and games that you never heard of, but now you heard of Fortnite. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. So, you know, I know you mentioned that Steve Aoki comes by. You played with him. He probably connected with you a bunch of those other DJs. How involved is he in the org? Does he, you know, help in any decisions or how does that go? Mm, I couldn't tell you about those sort of things um, just because I'm obviously I'm not involved either. So if he's involved, I wouldn't know if he is is involved. I still wouldn't know. Um, But he comes by and hangs out in games with you guys. He's gamed with us, and at comp. Okay, so in 2018, TwitchCon, uh, Rogue sent us from TwitchCon to Vegas, which is where Rogue's held. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically toured the city almost for us. We got to do a bunch of cool stuff. Um, drive NASCAR. Well, you could have drove NASCARs. I decided not to. I was a little sick the day before because hmm. it's Vegas. Anyways, okay. they, they helped <laughs> us around the city, and it was a ton of fun. And then they sent us from Vegas to Complex. Complex Con is a how do I describe it? It's like a hype beast con. Yeah, it's like There's a, a lot pop, of like, I call it like pop culture. You have sneaker brands and yeah, 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 and like cool hip brands. Yeah, so we were there with um, Find Your Grind and Rex Global was also there, mm-hmm. plus us at Rogue. And Steve Aoki came by. He played games with us. He hung out. It took pictures. I mean, it was unbelievable. So he didn't. He didn't just come by like, "Hey guys, what's up? Uh-huh. You having fun? Cool. All right, goodbye." It was like he, he hung out. He, he chilled with us for a little bit. And as busy of a guy that he was, there was a crowd waiting for him to talk. He was still, like, spending the time with us. I mean, he's, he's very involved. And uh, I couldn't imagine how much of, like, an influence he has for real. I mean, he changed the game for them entirely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've always – that was one of the – things that really stood out to me about the organization and just esports in general 
that you have someone who came from, you know, his father founded Benihana's. He's, you know, well-established, founded a really successful label and created his own lane to superstardom to see the vision, to see what he can do mm-hmm. as, you know, an entertainer and gaming. And as you said, like you're at Complex Con with not many other esports teams, with probably not that many None. gaming also- activations. <laughs> but everyone that I know in the entertainment and the sports and movies and fashion world was there. So it's like yeah. he knew that to position you where other people were, you know, two two years later, three years later, I bet you more gamers are going to be a Complex Con. And Oh, they absolutely are. I can tell you that for a fact. I saw videos of C9. They sent their one of their fighting game players, Mango, one of the mm-hmm. all-time greatest fighting or popular, I guess, fighting game players. He was there the ne- very next year doing stuff at Complex Con. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he drives a force, man. People will follow him because he's just so successful. He knows what he's doing, and he's such a personal, nice guy. <clears throat> so I know earlier you mentioned that you started to get involved in Junior Rogue. What is that? Tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. So Junior Rogue is their youth Fortnite program, um, ages 13 to 17, but it's only in the United States is the only only issue uh, when I'm trying to to people. Hmm. Um, 13 through 17. So basically there's a 8 to 12 week um, semester that we call it, and there are a bunch of programs and things that we do inside. So it's not just like we have students and we coach them a Fortnite to make them the best. No, we have a bunch of seminars, Q&As, all this stuff. I can't go into too much detail uh, because it is NDA. Um, but every, anything we can to like help these students understand the esports scene as a whole and make them the best player that they can be in Fortnite as well. So we'll do seminars on like um, stuff that you do for me is like, mm-hmm. yo, don't get screwed over by a contract. You know these sort of things. Um, we just do as much as we can to give them the best avenue moving forward in esports. And just a, it's it's a lot of time we put in for them, and they get a scholarship. We called it a scholarship. It's like a five hundred dollar thing. They get um, gear, or no, not gear. They get um, jerseys. What is it? Merch. Yeah, jerseys, merch, and yeah. I mean, they always have a great time. We have like reviews and stuff. What they like, don't like, to make the next semester better, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it's been amazing. Yeah. So what is it like? It's like it's an in. It's online or it's in. It's online. It's online. So the only in person thing that we've had for Junior Rogue was TwitchCon twenty eighteen. And that's only because uh, there was a couple of kids that went to the event, but we were able to hang out with them, spend a lot of time, watch game, watch the Fortnite games, you know, do all this stuff in Junior Rogue. Um, it's 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 too financially difficult right now to do anything really in person, unless there's something that like comes up that's easy for kids that they can either come to or that sort of thing. Most of it's online, um, and it's scheduled around a school semester. So um, we started this semester, I think. The start of February, uh, just, you know, just a little bit after a normal school semester would start. And it goes for a little bit less than the school semester, so it would end before. So they can intro, finals, they have all that time free. Um, and it's just like a normal extracurricular activity. There's a lot of time we put into these kids. Um, and they put a lot of time and invest a lot of time into us as well. So it's, it's a give and take for sure. And so far, I don't think anyone's come out of the program not, not enjoying the time that they yeah, and like this is something that's just so novel to me, and I really think is you know the future of everything. So that's why. But more questions like: Is there a fee to get in? Like, how many kids are participating a semester? Like, yeah. So there are numbers that I don't remember, but it's something. Estimates like, is it ten, twenty kids, a hundred kids, hundreds of kids? No, it was somewhere close to ten thousand kids. Oh, okay, so um, thousands of kids. Somewhere around ten, ten thousand kids. I think it was just under. I think. I think just under 8,000, but I, I can't remember for sure. 
And this semester, 36 kids got in. So, I mean, the the approval rate is so slim okay. that, um, yeah, it, it's really hard to get into. But um, like you said, like, this is the future. 100 Thieves themselves have been investing a crazy amount into youth programs. They have the League of Legends team that plays professionally. They have an academy team that plays just under professionally trying to get into that scene. And they just invested into 100X, which is their 100 Next program. There's three high schoolers and two players trying to make it into the next scene. So, like you said, this, this is sort of like the future of having having these kids that aren't quite there yet to build them into the next-gen players, you know, the best players they can be when they're just a little bit older, just like basically at their peak, at their prime, you know? And really kind of providing them with this actual knowledge to approach it like a professional, I think. Yes, yes, because that that, that is huge. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of esports ran businesses are entrepreneurs, right? They're not mm-hmm. professional business owners. It's a lot of entrepreneurs. So um, there's a lot of fake things happening all the time. And so if we can just educate these kids to like stay away from all this fake stuff, hmm. um, keep them on their feet, know what they're putting themselves into. Because whenever you sign a contract to be a player, man, you are putting unbelievable hours into what you're having to do. So trying to educate these kids in order to understand what's happening is very, very important as well. Like you said. Yeah. And especially with, you know, social media etiquette and on stream, like not realizing that what you say will live forever. This is the internet. Uh Like one slip up, one spur of the moment, heat of the passion rant. It's over from, you know, most people don't come back from that. Lost another, uh, assigned player just because of one slip up. Yeah, and and it's a shame because like it shouldn't have happened, and you know, understand you're young and you're not usually ha- you know used to these kind of situations, but you have to learn. And you know, I know a bunch of people in the industry, org owners and stuff. They're like, we need to do more media training. Like, you need to teach these professionals, these gamers, how to handle interacting with the media, how to handle yeah. interacting with fans, like totally. how to be on stream. Like, you know. Sorry, there's sort of like this weird branding thing right now where people can be openly weird on purpose to order or to like build their brand and create themselves almost. So there, there's like, I mean, as much social media training as there could be right now, there's like this weird just like medium where like you can make yourself off of being kind of like a little bit more weird, you know? So like as much, I, I don't know, it's it's really, it's really strange because... Uh, just to like name drop Tifu, just because I know him, we talked. Tifu is not the perfect social media person, but that's what makes Tifu who he is. He's hilarious. He's so funny. His Discord, I mean, the name of his Discord, you know, it's just these sort of things almost make Tifu a little bit more Tifu, like you know, more personable almost. So, like, it's so I, I, it's so weird because I, I try to keep my brand as clean as humanly possible, and then it's like you- there's people over here that are like that they they're. They're getting more popular. They're building their brand off of this. It's it's weird. It's it's new, I guess. I mean, everyone. There's people that want to be edgy. You know, you have Madonna's yeah. and Lady Gaga's who, you know, yeah. people who, you know, little Kim wearing the little patch on her, you know, <laughs> right. chest. It's like you do things that fit within your brand, but also know that things you do will have repercussions. Certain brands mm-hmm. will never align themselves with a Tifu. They will just, you know, a Disney, a Procter Gamble, a Gillette. Most of these top Fortune 500 companies, Kellogg's, Nabisco. Right. They can't. 
they just can't. Like, whereas you have someone like you who's had this very Kui image, has watched what he said, was respectful on air and how he talks to people and respectful to his fans. And mm-hmm. that's what certain brands want. You know, Mike's Hard Lemonade may want someone who's edgy and, you know, right. crisp, like, you know, that Applewood apple cider you know that that's always yeah. on espn like they maybe want someone who's a little bit edgy and has a little darker side if it's a dark beer or something all right 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 but you also know that it limits a lot of other things because you know what happened the pewdiepie thing and logan paul like these guys had disney and other mainstream family friendly brands and once things went down it's like we have to drop you like we just you know and it's just like there are other brands that maybe pick up on it like you know porn hubs and like trojan condoms and some of these less you know mainstream family friendly brands may want someone who's vulgar like a toilet cleaner may want someone has a toilet mouth you know because it works but there's 30 other brands that won't answer your call right that's a very good point you know so it's like there's a kind of a gift and a curse and there's two sides to these things and you know obviously tfu for example is able to be really authentic and his fans love it and they relate to it. It's like, oh, this guy's just like me, but he's just funny and really good at this game. And, you know, there'll be brands and people that want to associate with that. And then there'll be ones that are just like, we just can't. It's just not in line with who we are. And, you know, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. There's an org recently uh, introduced called Brand Risk. And I find that so funny because they're signing people that are Brand Risks. (laughs) When you, you sign up, you know kind of who you're getting, and there could be those kind of like yeah, like sideline. And but there's there's like you know Tabasco sauce, and you know tons yeah, yeah, of yeah. things that you can do <laughs> that's in its own spicy and you know too hot for TV lane. Right. But again, you're not getting Ritz or Oreo or you know Tropicana orange juice and Audi right. and Mercedes and Pepsi and Coke like. The people that print money, You're, those people aren't coming over to you. You may get beef link jerky and Slim Jim, and but they have money too. And, and exactly, it just works. It just works with your brand. Yeah. So what's your favorite part about being a, a gamer? You know, you've been doing it for a while now. Oof. Favorite part. It's a hard question. I think um, have, having the freedom of, of time is something that I can't take for granted. Um. Being able to like go see my family or go um, go out with my wife, you know, do anything like on, on the spot is just something I cannot take for granted. Um, instead of working a nine to five job and being stuck at the, at the workspace, I can, you know, go out and go to the mall. Maybe. <laughs> you know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Having leisure of time is something very, very nice uh, as a gamer. Um, that being said... Uh, don't, don't, uh, I, I play games a lot. <laughs> if you're a pro player, you're putting in a lot of time. So, um, there are times where I, I mean, I have leisure, but I may, I may be like, I, I have to play games right now. I have to get better. I have to practice for my tournament. I have to do this. Whenever I have tournaments coming up, I mean, I could go out. I could go see my parents. I could go out with Jen, but it's not happening. I have to be at like my perfect play style for this tournament so that that's kind of the give and take of being a gamer and i think that is also the best part of being a gamer is, is having the time um to be able to go do whatever i want sometimes. 
Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely nice having a bit more free fall in your schedule or like, yeah, like, and then some days she's like, yeah, I just don't want to play Fortnite. Like, hey, you ever want to sleep in? Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so these sort of things like ha- having not being stressed about about certain times, schedules, those sort of things Um, on the day to day. I mean, there's obviously times where yeah, that's happening, but like on the average day, um, not being stressed about being somewhere is you can't take that for granted at all so what was the first game you played like how'd you get into this gaming world oh my lord so my father bought a dreamcast i'm not that old i'm 23 okay we had a dreamcast everyone else my age played nintendo gamecube you know like all these mario sonic games my father got us a Dreamcast, and we played a hockey game. NHL, I don't know what it was, dude, but it was some hockey game. And we had a blast. I mean, it was so much fun. But yeah, hockey. Hockey's how I got into games. It makes no sense at all. Well, um, but, I mean, hockey's a fun game. It's, you know, yeah. it's high-powered, yeah. and you can hit people. Yeah, I enjoy hockey, so, like, I'm a fan. And my father is born in Cleveland, Ohio. So he grew up on Lake Erie, I think. Maybe, why um, not? <laughs> sure. Sounds good. So, yeah. so he actually played hockey on the on the lake when it was frozen over and that sort of thing. So he liked hockey a lot. Uh, we're fans. We watched it. So um, I'm pretty sure we were living in Tampa, Tampa, Florida at the time. And they have their hockey. They have a hockey team there, the, the Lightning. So we we'd go watch games. We we'd play games, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, that's that's the first game. It's a little a little different, but so what does yeah. the future hold? Where where are you going from here? So right now, like I said earlier, in this transitioning phase, um, I'm working on a lot of different ideas. Um, coaching is something I can always stick with. I did coaching in soccer. I did coaching in Overwatch. I did coaching in Fortnite. I have a lot of coaching experience. Coaching is also something I know is going to be a, a factor in these. So I can always stay with coaching. But um, working with my like my very very good friend i've met through esports he has a marketing degree and we've been doing a lot of marketing ideas and working with brands that way um i don't know man there's there's so many options that i have right now and it's it's amazing i'm working on a lot of different programs i can feed to orgs you know i'm trying to work with rogue still and helping their rogue nation there's a lot of things i'm doing right now um basically i just kind of have to decide on what exactly i want to do right now which is uh, I'm I'm loving working with Junior Rogue right now, so that's what I'm going to keep continue to do for the semester. Um, after the semester, I think Valorant is going to be out by the time the semester's over. The new Riot game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm so down to play that game hmm. for hours on end. <clears throat> but even even if I don't, if if I don't become a professional Valorant player, what if I became a professional Valorant coach? Yeah, there's a lot of options for me right now. Um. Like I said before, having job security in those franchise leagues is nice. Um, because of me not doing something specific right now, there's no job security. For me. So I, I have to continue working. I have to continue working with orgs and that sort of thing. But as of right now, you know, it's like everything's open for me. I, I can do whatever I want on this working right now. So um, having as much time as I do in esports is something that orgs cannot take for granted, man. They they have these these guys. I know guys that are they're coming straight out of college into esports programs, and they just don't understand the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if I could work with something like that, you know, that would create a perfect duo. These sort of things, man. There, there's a lot I can do right now. Everything's open, so awesome. We'll see. 
Well, I mean, it sounds amazing and that you got a lot of options on the table. And we'll see how this new game comes out, right? Teams are already signing players to compete on them, yet they've yes. never played the game yet. Yes, and I know of orgs that have plans already of what they want to do. Can't leak them because they are very NDA. But they already have – they literally have a team idea already. Orcs have who they want to play for Valorant already. The game's not even come out, came out. So it is it is going to be a very difficult game to be a professional player in. There are so many eyes on this game. Oh, it, it's going to be amazing to play. It's going to be amazing to watch and see how it grows, especially because all these people are saying it's going to be the, the uh, Counter-Strike killer, which it definitely won't be, by the way. Hmm. But – well, it, it'll be so interesting to see like the growth of the game, everything that comes with it. Awesome. So, yeah, so I really like to kind of end each interview with my standard three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? Oh, my Lord. You, you don't have to just pick I, one. We can put a couple on there. I think my favorite game to watch is either Counter-Strike or Super Smash Bros. Melee. As crazy as that sounds, I I don't play melee, but I love the scene. It's amazing to watch the people, the players, everything, the community. It's just it's because it's such an old game. It's such a grouped community that is. It's just amazing to not be. I mean, kind of try to be a part of as a viewer. Um, watch all these smash summits and these sort of tournaments. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And then Counter Strike, it's just there's a tournament going on right now, and it's just unbelievable what these. Professional players do in Counter Strike. It's so much fun to watch. Um, <clears throat> Fortnite would be more fun to watch if it wasn't so laggy. They're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Overwatch uh, anymore, especially since I think they went to Facebook. I don't even have Facebook anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of it. Melee, as weird as that is, and uh, and CS. It's fun. It's, it's action packed, and you know the community angle. I, I definitely see it. Yeah. So, what's your favorite game to play? You know, all time favorite. All-time favorite? What, what, what game can you just turn on right now and just have play for hours and it's just like having a good time? I think I could play League of Legends literally whenever um, and have fun with it. I was always... That's kind of how I got my knack in gaming was my brother... My brother is a computer engineer now. And so he was just... He was that he was like... Always computer, a gamer guy. Oh, yeah. So he played a bunch of World of Warcraft, a bunch of League of Legends while I was playing soccer. But... Obviously, he's my older brother. I was always interested in what he was doing, right? So I started playing League of Legends. I started playing WoW. <clears throat> and League, I played so much. I put so much time into that that I could literally play it whenever I have a lot of fun. Um, if there was a time I could go back and play a game, it would be Overwatch. Um, back with my team in Arc 6. Like I said earlier, I loved those guys literally to death. <clears throat> I would have continued playing Overwatch if Overwatch League shaped out differently. Um, being a top 10 team in the world or a top 5 if not top 3 team in the western scene and not really getting a shot like we should have was very frustrating for me if we if we got some sort of shot as a team in Overwatch League I, I would still be playing Overwatch to this day I knew all, all, all 6 of us were Overwatch League material I mean <clears throat> four, 4 of those members from the team went on to play Overwatch League and did so well for themselves so I mean that, that would have been the game if I could go back in time and play was with that team I love them to death yeah, I could play literally whenever. Well, Overwatch 2 will be coming out, and then we'll see how it all goes then. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so, the last question is, so who's your favorite video game character? Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, you know? Like I said, I didn't really grow up on those games, as weird as that is. I know everyone else did, but somehow I didn't. My favorite... Oh my gosh, dude. 
I don't even play solo player. Right, I come like with that. the brain busters at the end. Bro, why was this in the email, man? This is the uh, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just messing. Um, my favorite character. Man, I don't know. I played a lot of Draven in high school, League of Legends. Um, but if, if it wasn't Draven, I think it'd be Sonic. I did have a okay, DS for a little bit and played a good amount of Sonic. And uh, I did go see the movie. How was the movie? To be a real fan. <laughs> uh, it was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I do think it would have been very, very bad if they didn't change the graphics. But yeah, I think okay. I think it'd be Sonic or... I don't know why I played so much Draven because he's such a Chad. But <laughs> yeah, I think one of those two. Awesome. Well, you know, thank you so much, Ginger Pop, for joining us. This was very yes. insightful. It was awesome. It was thanks. Awesome. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and check Apple Podcasts for all past episodes.